welcome everyone to an episode of Scoliosis Dialogues. Uh, this is Terry Ishmael from the Shriners Hospital of Children of Philadelphia. Today I'm excited to have Dr. Javier Pizonas with us. He is a pediatric and adult spine surgeon from the Hospital Universitario La Paz in Madrid. And he's actually the recipient of the 2022 Directed Research Grant for his project titled Self-Perceived Health Status and Healthcare Consumption of Idiopathic Scoliosis Patients Treated More Than 20 Years Ago. How much do operated and non-operated patients differ? Uh, so welcome, Javier. Happy to have you here. Hi, thank you very much, uh, Terry. I'm very happy to be here with you guys too. Well, great. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, why'd you choose medicine? How'd you get into orthopedics and why spine surgery? Uh, for sure. Uh, this uh, came long way back. I'm 49 right now. And when I was born, my grandfather was already a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was the uh, smallest of, of the, uh, his grandkids. And mm -hmm. my parents uh, tell me that when I was really little, he used to uh, sit me on his lap and tell me, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a doctor. Yeah. And uh, that happened. So um, so long I can recall, four or five years, I already wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, amazing. Actually, when he died, uh, I was seven years old at that time. And my parents tell me that uh, I wrote on a paper and put it on my on the door of my room saying, Dr. Pisones uh, is no longer with us, uh, but I'm here to take his place. And if any patients need any care, and I was already seven years old. So uh, well, that's fantastic. The beginning. <laughs> well, that, that's amazing. What type of physician was he? Uh, he was uh, general medicine, and then he became an uh, endocrinologist uh, when there uh -huh. were specialties in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So how did you choose orthopedics? Uh, well, I was interested in general surgery. I was interested mm -hmm. in pediatric surgery, too. And mm -hmm. uh, But at that time, I was really into basketball, and I was a sport yeah. guy. And I guess yeah. that if you liked uh, surgery and you liked uh, sports, uh, everybody goes to orthopedics, I guess. And that's the way I, I got in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was raised and born here in Madrid and I stayed high school and everything and university and college I did in Madrid too. And mm -hmm. also I did my residency in Madrid. So I st I've stayed here for my whole life. Wow. And then, uh, you know, amongst all the subspecialties in orthopedics, uh, you were drawn to spine surgery. Why is that? I did. So my mentor was Enrique Izquierdo, who is still alive. He's retired. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he became an SRS member in 1985, so long, yeah. too. So since I was little in already in orthopedics, I was uh, hearing talking about Harrington, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Moe, Silke, Winter, Asher, yeah. Dubuset. So I grew, with, I grew with these guys until I got to, uh, to meet uh, Dr. Linky. So yeah, and that I, I got excited with that. Yeah, he did a lot of anterior approaches as as I liked uh, general surgery, so mm -hmm. I got interested on that. And there was a spot free when I when I finished my residency, and mm -hmm. I got in into uh, the spine uh, his spinal unit, and there I stayed. Uh, and then I changed uh, I changed uh, hospitals eight years ago, and I'm I'm working in, in La Paz, as you said, is a very big hospital we have here. Mm -hmm. We do mostly deformity, and we have 50% uh, adult and 50% pediatric uh, cases. So I'm very happy. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. So you're able to take care of uh, everyone from like the early onset cases uh, up until the adults. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing practice to be able to have. Yep, from zero to 100, whatever you, you give me, <laughs> I yeah. try to do my best. 
Yeah, you can see them for their entire life. Well, so let's dive into your project. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, an amazing project. I went through the proposal, both the uh, abbreviated one and I went through the full one. And I mean, it's it's yeah. amazing. It's pretty, uh, you know, ambitious. Like, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But why don't you like, you know, how did you first come up with this idea? And, uh, you know, what did you do to prepare for it? Well, the thing is that uh, we already had a pilot study going on. So we were awarded uh, a couple of years ago in the SRS grant uh, new investigators. And uh, we had a project. So Madrid is very linked to Barcelona, where Ferran mm -hmm. Bise is. So we work together a lot. Uh, and the, we together got this uh, project of, of the SRS that was uh, seeking patients already operated 25 years ago and see the health status that they have right now and compare it to general population of the same age. Yeah. So we already had something going on. It was only on surgical patients. Mm -hmm. uh, so when this uh, idea came out and we had to apply for the project, we already had the idea. So we had to add only the, the AS conservative treated uh, patients. Mm -hmm. Another thing that they were looking for is very uh, to be very uh, multicultural and multinational. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. so we broaden up uh, uh, the uh, the uh, centers, and uh, finally we got a consortium of thirteen different uh, centers. So all around the world, we got uh, Japan involved, China, people from India, Europe, mm -hmm. of course, England, yeah. uh, Switzerland, Turkey, uh, Spain, France, and then we have uh, another center in the states. Yeah, and um, yeah, and that's how that's how we all, everything started. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, to be able to organize everybody, I know they can be a little bit like herding cats uh, to get everybody in line to be able to, you know, oh, set that's everything That's the hard up. part. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, an amazing project. Now, this was a competition, right? So, uh, you know, how did it feel when you got the confirmation that, uh, you know, you won? Well, you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> we were really happy because it's very, and we know that this has been very hard to, to obtain. Yeah, I yeah. think we were 15 or 16 different projects uh, that went yeah. on. Then we got the first phase. Uh, we passed mm -hmm. it. I think it was four uh, different uh, projects that got on. Mm -hmm. And at the end, uh, we were the winners and, and we were really satisfied. So it's very difficult to get this. And, and I know the other guys have pushed a lot and they were very mm -hmm. good projects. I guess that having a pilot study has helped a little bit, I guess. No, absolutely. Like, and it definitely shows that you're able to get things off the ground and get them moving. And, and you know, that's a, a really big part of it. Now, so what what is the importance of a study like this? I know we have a couple of natural history studies from like Weinstein and others who've kind of looked at the natural history of scoliosis. Like, you know, how, how do you hope to build on what they first kind of started? Well, that's the thing. So we looked uh, up uh, uh, to what we had already in the literature. And uh, as you said, we had the Iowa papers from Ponsetti and Weinstein. And then in, mm -hmm. here in Europe, we got those from Nackensum. But mm -hmm. These are already 20 or 30 years old. And uh, they were focusing on surgical and non-surgical patients. They were not covering it uh, to the normal population. So we still have a void there. So actually, if you see, we treat patients when they're adolescents thinking that we are going to improve their quality of life uh, 20 or 30 years on the road, but yeah. there's no, no RCT done in that. So we don't have uh, specific data on that. We think mm -hmm. we're changing natural history. We think we are improving the, uh, the quality of life, but actually we still don't have any proof if surgery is better than not, not doing it, or if any of those are, are better or at least equal to what the general population uh, has. Uh, in terms of uh, 
of health uh, questionnaires, in terms of back pain, in terms uh, of uh, socioeconomic uh, status, working abilities. Um, so there's a there's a lot of things that we want to look at. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really big project. So and your objectives are I think you just kind of went through them a little bit. But oh, what types of things are you going to be measuring and and how are you going to be comparing them? Yeah, so we are going to have three different groups. So the, the first group will be uh, people treated in the adolescence uh, conservatively. The second mm -hmm. group would be people treated in adolescence surgically. And the third group would be current uh, general population to compare with. And uh, we will look through the uh, x-rays and what we did in the past, uh, tr treatment in conservative like braces, time of bracing and everything in surgery, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in certain surgical intervention and variables in surgery. And nowadays where we're gonna re get all those patients. So we have to call every patient, tell them to come in again, uh, do a face-to-face -face interviews. And then we're going to make uh, new x-rays, new MRIs to see how the, how the lumbar spine is. Uh, we're going to take clinical pictures and see if we, if we can do some uh, body imaging with the, with the pictures. Uh, of course, PROMS, ODI, SRS 36, uh, SRS 22, the TAPS questionnaire is going to be mm -hmm. uh, given to. And then the other part is uh, um, health consumption. So how do they sleep, the quality of life they have, activity they do, disability. So we can compare that to governmental databases that we already have in existing uh, general population not having scoliosis. In this. So the main objective is to see how they compare conservative to surgically treated. Uh, and uh, one important thing is that uh, to be included in the database, the uh, original x-rays uh, should have a cob angle uh, greater than 40. So yeah. if you took a branch of conservative and a branch of surgical, uh, at least to have some similarities in the background uh, uh, deformity. Uh, and then compared to the general population, so compare among them and compare to the general population. And there's other two objectives that we have, uh, now that we are very multicultural, is see, seeing if we have any differences in between centers or, or nationalities. And the other thing is identify geographical and cultural differences and predictors of long-term uh, outcomes to see what we're doing is, is uh, the way to go. Yeah. And one thing I picked up from reading uh, the proposal is that the, you're looking specifically at third generation uh, implant systems, right? So no more Harrington rods, because that's all, all of the old studies were like I think Harrington rods and Cotral Dubousset systems. So we're looking at uh, pedicle screws and maybe some hybrid systems and stuff. So it's going to be a little bit more relevant to what we do now. Yeah, we will try to to look at that because we're not using Harringtons anymore. So no, we're right. not distracting only the concavity. So we want to do to see uh, what we're doing right now, if this is worth doing it, uh, if we improve their uh, the quality of life. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in the long term. So and what we have already uh, with three generation studies, we have MRIs 20 years, 10 years and 20 years of follow up. We already yeah. have that, but we don't have the quality of life, the comparison with the normal population. We don't have uh, data on uh, body imaging with the pictures uh, and um, uh, mobility, for example, is another thing we're going to look at. Uh, neurological body appearance, sleeping disorders, pain. So I think the, the project is huge. Let's see if we can get uh, to the to the end with everything we we're expecting to have. Yeah. What kind of timeline, uh, timeline excuse me, are you expecting? 
So we have three years uh, already gone, uh, nine months have already yeah. gone, and uh, we are still in the RB approval and in contract with the, every center. This is going getting slower than we thought. Uh, yeah. We are starting recruiting people this January, actually, and mm -hmm. we have two years to recruit, and then we have yeah. final six months for data analysis. So all in all, it's going to be uh, three years. Okay. And then how did you decide on the centers? Uh, well, this the the uh, project is based uh, on the centers. We are like a family in the ESSG, so the European okay. Spine Study Group. Uh, Ferran yeah. is the leader. I'm one of the PIs. Uh, mm -hmm. Ibrahim Obed, Ahmed Alanai, Frank Kleinstuck are the other th the other three. So we are already five big uh, centers working together for the last ten years. Yeah, we are incorporating now Strasbourg as another center in and uh, Nottingham. Uh, so we extended that to Birmingham and uh, and um, and to another center in the states. We have uh, very good relations with uh, with St. Louis. Uh, so, mm -hmm. the, so St. Louis came in with us, and then Ferran has a very good relationship uh, with people in Japan and China. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Chang is going to be one of them, and then uh, Raja Sekaran in India, who's an expert. Those guys are experts on MRI uh, findings twenty years yeah. after surgery. So they already know they have the classification. They have the people that they're going to be looking at the at the MRIs. Yeah, I mean that's amazing that you've been able to kind of like put this together. Now, uh, what kind of difficulties have you faced, and like you know, how did you overcome them? Difficulties is uh, as you said, uh, we are a lot of centers and multicultural, yeah. multinational, and just to uh, write the contracts uh, with the uh, with the legality and the uh, regulations of each country is being hard. Is really being hard. Uh, it's not being easy. That is one of the difficulties. But we're going by uh, already. Eighty five percent of the centers are already enrolled and with all all the paperwork already done. Then we have to train, every center has to have uh, local coordinators uh, that we have to train them. Uh, we have a general uh, uh, coordinator also. We already have, we also have a central coordinator that is going to audit uh, everything that we do and he's gonna make uh, reports every six months that we have to report. But workflow, we have some workflow concerns. So how uh, everybody's doing with, this is a very huge uh, project and it's gonna be difficult to to keep uh, the pace with everything. Heterogeneity of data collection and assessment is also another important issue that we have to deal with. Another thing is budget, because although the budget that the SRS has offered and we have uh, been awarded with, uh, almost 90% of the budget goes to MRI because we are yeah. planning on doing two branches, 400 yeah. patients each branch. So this is yeah. 800 patients, 800 MRIs. So wow. most of the money is going, going out for that. Yeah, that's what I figured. That was another question I was going to ask, like, you know, where is most yeah. of the money going? But uh, you answered it for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because, again, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Terry. Uh, no, no, you go ahead. The centers that we're counting in the consortium are centers that uh, already have a big research uh, uh, group. So they already have local coordinators that we don't have to pay for. They mm -hmm. already have the, uh, the machinery going on, the databases mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, so almost all the budget is going for uh, for MRIs and then for data analysis uh, with a statistician. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's a, this is an amazing project. Now, do you have any thoughts as to what you're going to see? Any any idea as to like you know what direction this is going to go in, or is this kind of just you know a wait and see? 
Well, we already have uh, from the pilot study, we have already closed the uh, the uh, involvement of the recruitment of patients. Now we are in, in stage of analyzing the data. So we already have 200 operated patients with more than 20 year follow-up. Actually, uh, the uh, the mean follow-up is 30 something years. So we got people yeah. operated 35 years ago. Wow. So we already have a notion when, when they come and we interview them, because this is a very face-to-face -face, one hour interview with these guys, how they feel, what they've lived, uh, yeah. if they got married, if they've uh, got yeah. a job, if they, not only if they have pain or they fill in the, the problems, but we have a lot of information of just uh, how life uh, has been doing. And uh, in most of them, and I'll tell you the, if you, if I, if I can uh, summarize everything in one sentence is that they, have already have and still have a scar because of scoliosis. So they don't they don't feel the same as peers that have not gone through this. They have done a normal life. They have uh, many of them have kids, but others don't want to have kids, uh, not to um, to pass them this pathology because they have suffered so much. Uh, remember oh that in the eighties they used a lot of casts. So yeah. whenever uh, you, you got operated on a heart and you had to stay in bed and with a cast and yeah. For them, it was very difficult. And they jump into a three generation. So that when the CD came in, uh, for them, it was very important because that meant that the post-op uh, period was lighter, much lighter. So a lot of people jump into surgery just because uh, the new things, the new uh, technical uh, things that we had in the, in the, at the end of the 80s. Uh, but actually, most of them have, uh, as, as I said, uh, they have families already. They have had some children. And they do normal life, but they always have to care of themselves and do sports. And, and they're limited by pain, many of them. Uh, and uh, well, and let's see, this is uh, the surgical ones. Let's see what, what has happened with the, with the conservative uh, ones. So very interested to know uh, what is going to finally uh, come from, from all of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the most important part, right? You know, kind of being able to compare them because, you know, it's uh, it's always, uh, you know, it can be a little difficult in the discussion with the families, you know, they're like, well, is this purely cosmetic? Is this just because of, uh, you know, the, my child doesn't like the way their back looked or does this have long-term uh, ramifications for their future? That's amazing, man. I mean, like, again, like uh, anything else you want to share about it? I mean, uh, I think we, we've covered most of it. Well, the thing is uh, to uh, 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 say thank you to the SRS and all, all the organization and the committee uh, for making this possible. So without the, this budget, it's, it's been possible to get into this uh, big uh, project. That, uh, actually, we've called this the history project. It comes from health, idiopathic, scoliosis treatment over the years. So that, that all together comes with a history thing. And and uh, so thank you very much for the SRS. So I can give some... Um, some knowledge of this history of these patients and what is happening with them. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. You know, thank you so very much for uh, joining me today and uh, look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the future. Uh, thank you very much. I've been very comfortable, Terry. Thank you for taking your time with me. Yeah, great. The Scoliosis Research Society is a nonprofit professional organization made up of physicians and allied health personnel. Their primary focus is on providing continuing medical education to healthcare professionals and on funding and supporting research in spinal deformities. Please visit srs.org for further information. 